Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And I'm really stoked to welcome back on the program the one and the only Brian Offenther, our Shanghai-based musician who is in Hong Kong at the moment and joins us live in the studio. Brian, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Noreen. How are you? I'm doing very well. All the better for seeing you. Um, we are live as well on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Brian there. And I'm just going to ask Brian if you can kindly take off your visitor's tag, even though it looks so good on you. And you can keep it if you like. I don't want to get kicked out of here, Noreen. Come on, this is important. I just suddenly realized, because, you know, we're so used to doing things on the audio, well, for, for radio, um, and I looked on the Facebook and then saw your visitor's tag. So what brings you to Hong Kong? And I don't even know where to start, because every time you come here, you select great music for our listeners. I want to know what you've been up to and what brings you to Hong Kong, but also what you did before Hong Kong. There's a lot of stuff. In terms of going backwards from here, in Hong Kong, on Sunday, I was very happy to be guest speaker at the Hong Kong uh, Elvis Presley Fan Club, one of the oldest running international Elvis Presley fan clubs in the world, the longest continuous international one, I believe it is. Uh, I went to the Hong Kong Food Festival. Hong Kong's got a lot of stuff. Usually I'm talking to you about other places, but... I am here to talk to you about some very cool things happening locally. We can talk about this tattoo convention happening Friday. You were telling me about this tattoo convention, which I had yeah. no idea about. You're really the man around town. <laughs> yeah, Hong Kong's just got so much stuff here. Like I, I was thinking about visiting here, and then I saw these different things happening, and I've extended my time here. So I'm going to be here till Friday. Uh, yeah. And I just came from Chengdu, where I was there for a day. And before that, I was in Tibet for my first time for a week. And that's that's a whole nother world. I saw, and, actually, yeah. I saw on your Facebook, I saw on your social media, you were in Tibet. What were you doing there? And you know it, I'm always going to ask you about food. I mean, yeah. what was, it was your first time there. What were your impressions of it? Uh, so much. Um, you know, very natural. Uh, it's an older city. Lhasa, I spent most of the time in, which is the big city there. And... Uh, it's it's a you know very it's a desert area so beautiful blue skies beautiful water we went out to the lake um, very hot during the day and cool during the night it's a very different experience because you know as a foreigner uh, to China I need a official tour guide to join with me which was a different experience but I also got to DJ on a rooftop there which is my forty third city in China. And uh, that was a very interesting experience as well. I could talk about that, talk about seeing some of the shows there. And I'll sure, I'll talk to you about food as well, including some things that I was surprised by. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it reminded me of Mongolia because of how important the climate was. And actually, there's some interesting um, language connections there and different cultural uh, things. Um, you know, I'm showing to people on Facebook Live, One of just one of the interesting tidbits was in Mongolia, they teach you that Chinggis Khan's father was poisoned. So before you have a drink in a sort of ceremony way, they like to drink just like the Mongolians, you dip your ring finger into the drink and you flick it three times. Usually it's for the sky, the land and the air or the water, right? Uh, but also there's d different variations of that. And I went to Tibet and I did it the same way. And the, the reason behind that is interesting because they used to say that for drinks that people would wear a ring. And if you dipped your finger, your ring into the drink, it would change color if it was poison. Oh. 
That was, that's the story they told in Mongolia. I asked around some of the Tibetan guys. They'd never heard of that specific story, but they did the same sort of thing. So interesting connections there between the Mongolians and the Tibetans. I felt a lot of stuff there. And I also went to Beijing since we last talked, and I went back to Zhengzhou. So we're going to have too much stuff. Whatever you want to talk about, though, Noreen, whatever you think your listeners want to hear, we can get to. Well, let's continue a little bit uh, with, with, with Tibet, about just about the food, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, to Chengdu. What did you eat there? Sure. So uh, one of the things was fried dumplings, which is called momo. Yes. Uh, Filled with yak. Now, so they, we ate, I ate a lot a of yak. Is similar momo to, say, you know, Nepalese people have momos yes. as well? Yes. Okay. I, I, I've never been to Nepal. No, no, me yeah. neither, yeah. So, like, our, our tour guide, his name is Jingma, who's a very nice gentleman. Like, for example, let me give you, it's very different than other parts of China in the sense that, uh, you know, he grew up in India and he can't read Mandarin. Yeah. A lot of people there, you know, they speak the local dialect and they're not necessarily connected with Mandarin at all. They felt more natural speaking in English than they did uh, Mandarin Chinese and um, which was which was a bit different. You know, a lot of people strong connection there through religion with India and a lot of people in Tibet spend a lot of time in India, which also means that I did eat at a great restaurant called Namaste, which is featured Tibetan Indian fusion curry. food. Is that kind of like a curry? So, yeah, it, it there was curry, there was yak curry, <laughs> I which I had with, you know, with a uh, um garlic bread and soup. So it was a bit of a mix of uh what's yak meat taste? What does it taste like? Is it a bit sort of muttony? <laughs> a yeah. bit a bit beefy? A, a bit like mutton. Okay. Uh, a bit, yeah. It's a bit more of that natural meat flavor style. A little, little goatee, little ch- chunkier, yeah, chunkier. A little yeah. not as smooth as necessarily a lot of beef. Yeah, some meat on the bone. Yeah, <laughs> and and you you know you also when you're in there you drink lots of milk tea, which again was another connection to Mongolia with yak milk. Uh yeah. I I mm, you know I'm not sure if it was yak milk. I, I, you know, that's a good question. Yeah. I didn't specifically ask that. I would assume very strongly that it was. Yeah, uh, it's just what's around, really. It's just kind of what's around, and but it's the same reason that they do it in Mongolia because you're drinking fat because they need to keep you warm for the winter. Of course, we don't even think yeah. about these things because here in Hong Kong, so yeah, you don't by the equator. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we don't well, they, eat things to keep us warm. If anything, we have to eat things to keep us. Cool. Yeah, and there were some other sweet teas as well, which were kind of tied more to the Chinese tradition as well. Uh, but um, yeah, lots of milk and meat products, which I understand. Yeah, and it was your first time uh, holding a gig there. Um, what sorts of music did you play, and you know what were what, what were the crowd like? You know, very eclectic crowd is because of the situation there. Like they couldn't really promote it in a typical way, but it was on a really cool rooftop, which means that it was the very first ever rooftop DJ gig in Old Town Lhasa. So I can check that thing off, which I didn't know existed until I did. Uh, and uh, I, what I did was what I've done in other, let's just say, less typical situations such as North Korea or East Timor or Brunei, which is I kind of do like a 
a general selection of music throughout the decades. I really keep it very, very open format. Some DJs say they DJ open format, which means they dan- they DJ dance pop and club pop. <laughs> and, you know, it, this was real open format, you know, and, and songs that were great, just like in North Korea or other places, is stuff like The Twist, because everyone can twist. And it's very open, but I also played some more recent pop stuff, Lizzo and yeah. things like that. And just, just keep it very sort of general. That's great. And uh, I really admire how you're able to just, you know, choose these music because obviously your knowledge is, you know, you know so much about music. You're able to just have it at your fingertips and just to gauge the crowd as well. Yeah. And that's also important. And it's just in terms of reading, it's also in terms of learning what was up. Like they... Because it, these are hardy people, they they liked a little bit more guitar in it, yeah. which was cool too. But like, yeah, so just just to give you an uh, an idea and just to plug a gig. So this weekend on Saturday, I'm going to be in Shenzhen at Oil Club. Oil Club is one of the great clubs in China. Shenzhen, of course, right over from Hong Kong. And I'm going to do something I've been calling the Time War, which I just did recently in QS in Beijing, and I've done other places where I start at a set time in this case 10 p.m and i'll play a an amount of music for a set amount of time 30 minutes so at 10 p.m in this saturday in shenzhen at oil club i'm going to play music from the 2020s at 10 30 i'm going to play music from the 2010s at 11 from the zeros the aughts then the 90s 80s 70s 60s Brilliant. 50s so it creates an interesting different way of looking at music and sound and forces things to flow because you still also want things to flow in a typical club way but it just provides an interesting sort of journey kind of going back in time <laughs> it's kind of like a time machine a time machine music. i call it a time warp yeah yeah, time some, warp. yeah yeah that but definitely time machine vibes as well shout out to hg wells <laughs> and oh and and the people love it you know do they ever make song requests and you're like oh that hour's gone and what happens when you do that <laughs> when yeah. you do that song i i i'm at least on a surface level, I'm much more open to song requests than a lot of DJs. A lot of DJs just sort of resent that sort of um, interaction. With interaction the- that sort of push into their space. I kind of like it just because I like talking to people. But at the same time, I'm also very comfortable in saying no. Yeah. <laughs> what I like to say is, you're welcome to make a request, but it's request, not demands. Yeah. Fair enough, and and yeah. that should be a, a good enough answer. Uh, Brian, I just realized we haven't had any time for the song uh, that you've selected. We'll get to that after the 11.30 news. So I'll ask our listeners to, to hold that thought. Um, we'll return to more chats with Brian Offenther this, after, uh, this morning, and on Facebook Live, we'll just have to keep it rolling, and we'll return after the 11.30 news. Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And this morning, we've got Brian Offenther, who joins us live in the studio. And earlier, he was talking about his trip to Tibet and also Beijing and uh, Chengdu. And also, we didn't get to Hong Kong exactly. Uh, perhaps we can get to Hong Kong maybe after um, a first uh, a song selection, for example, because I know you've selected three songs for our listeners this morning. Sure. So, uh, I... I you know, wherever I go, it's part of my bag there to sort of pick up music 
at, from the local community and then bring it to the next place and just include it into the sort of quilt of what I do as a DJ. So I went on the hunt in Tibet. I'm still going through the amount of music that I got, which is many, many gigs. Unfortunately, they didn't have any CDs. I went hunting for records as well. Couldn't find it. I understand. So, But I picked up music, digital music, and this song really sort of uh, stuck, uh, stuck out. And it's listed under the name of Soza, although I looked it up the name. Sometimes it's listed as Sota, so I apologize to you, Soza or Sota. And this song is called A Drunkard's Love Song, and it is a Tibetan reggae song. Wow, Souza, a drunkard's love song. Sounds, I like it. It's yeah. a nice reggae. Got got a great tune. I I don't understand the lyrics, but it doesn't no. matter. It's like you move it's and a vibe. you sl- exactly. It's a great vibe. Yeah, wow. Th- this radio show is interrupting our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we were talking off air as well about all the interesting things that you've done. So okay, back to Hong Kong. Okay. So you've been here and you were you were at the Elvis Presley's fan club. Yeah. Um, what happened? For the anniversary of his passing is in August. Yeah. Yes. And what were you doing there? You, you gave a talk or you I gave, gave a, a sharing? Uh, so uh, I gave a short speech. Thank you very much to the president, Helen Ma, who's a very passionate Elvis fan. I think she saw the, the, new, the, new, the recent Elvis movie, I think she said 31 times. In the movie theater, she saw it thirty-one times. Whoa. Uh, Anders Nelson, Hats who I was off. with, who's who does has done yeah. uh, some radio at RTHK That's before. Right, he's like, I think Helen, did you see the movie more than once? He's like, uh, I think you saw it twenty-seven times. She said, No, saw it thirty-one time in the movie theater. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable! That's amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, if your listeners don't know, I'm a big Elvis guy, and I've got it some. Really exciting things happening with Elvis in January. But in terms of this recent meeting, I gave a part of a talk that I've been giving at some universities around China and some other podcasts and stuff. The general theme of the talk, uh, the, the wider swath, is about how Shanghai is the real home of rock and roll, how Shanghai founded rock and roll. For this speech, we're all about Elvis. And so I talked specifically about one element of that, which is probably the crux of it, which is that Elvis's first manager, his guitarist, the person that he worked with, the third longest of anyone in terms of music, his name is Scotty Moore, and Scotty Moore lived in Shanghai. And what's more, he even says he invented the guitar licks that were involved with all of the early Elvis recordings. He invented those guitar licks in Shanghai. His words, not mine. So therefore, uh, you know, I think that there are four viable options for the foundation of rock and roll, and Elvis is certainly one of them, if not a, a prime candidate of the four. And so if the guitar parts, and the guitar is the essential instrument in rock and roll, was invented in Shanghai, I think, Maybe you got to call Shanghai the home of rock and roll. <laughs> like I Maybe. like that. I like that connection. I love that Shanghai connection. Um, and you mentioned also off air that the, the biggest Elvis convention. Yeah. I thought it was in Memphis. 
No. So I, I, you know, they have some big gatherings in in Memphis, uh, obviously where Elvis lived since he was eleven, uh, at Graceland, of course. But the biggest one in the world is in Porthcawl, Wales, and I have visited this event, and it is preposterous. <laughs> Wales. It's a small, not even just Wales. It's not in Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. By the way, Elvis never went to Wales. Uh, it, it's a small town, and literally the entire town becomes Elvisified. Every window, every restaurant, there, everyone is dressed as Elvis. Like the music permeates the air. There's uh, all sorts of events happening around. Too many to attend all at the same time. Every every space, every microphone is karaoke. Every, Jumpsuits and, every, and suede shoes. You, GI Blues was a big theme there. It, it, it's it's like a carnival fair for the entire town, and it's all Elvis. It's back again. I'm just on the website on the 23rd of September till the 25th yeah, this it's annual. year. Um, and they've got a countdown as well. 31 days, nine hours, and 29 minutes. <laughs> Brilliant. Unbelievable. But here's 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 another interesting aspect of this. So I mentioned that I'm doing some Elvis things in January. One is I will be a special guest at the Parks Elvis Festival. That's in Australia. That is the biggest Elvis festival in the Southern Hemisphere. Whoa. Parks is a small town. I think town is the correct word. Uh, and it's in the outback. Again, Elvis never visited Australia. And it is in New South Wales. So for some reason, the Welsh and the New South Welsh... Really are into Elvis, even though Elvis never visited. New there, South Welsh, I like. Is that. that what it is? New South Welsh? I don't know. New South Wales, but I like the New South Welsh. But the, okay, but but the people who are there sure. are they New South Welsh? Um, no, I don't know. Actually, I, 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 you know, I've been to Australia. I, I had a great time in Melbourne DJing there. But uh, so in parks, the parks Elvis. There's a great documentary online. You should everyone should check it out. It's like 45 minutes about how the small town became one of the biggest Elvis festivals in the world. I'm going there. Uh, thank you to the director, Julian Paulson, uh, who invited me down. I'm going to give a talk about Shanghai Cat King, about Shanghai and Elvis and DJ and be a judge at the ETA. That's the Elvis tribute artist, the preferred term for Elvis impersonators, as they are sometimes called. What are they called? E ETA, Elvis tribute artists. Oh, ETA, Elvis yes. tribute artists. They, they don't like to be called Elvis impersonators. Yeah, it's a little bit demeaning. It kind of has sure. the connotation of, you know, some cheap guy with a, a bad jumpsuit. These guys put their time in. It's their career, their work, their sure. passion. They prefer the term Elvis tribute artist. So I'll be judged for that there. And also in January, I'm going to go to Knoxville to the Smoky Mountain Elvis Festival in Tennessee in January. So in January, if all goes well, no pandemics or anything, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. There's going to be the Parks Elvis Festival in New South Wales, Australia, the Smoky Mountain Elvis Festival in Tennessee, and I will be putting on a fourth Shanghai Elvis Festival in Shanghai, which means one month, three Elvis festivals, three continents. And what's the reaction? Out of curiosity, what's the reaction like? I mean, is there a big Elvis crowd in Shanghai? Not necessarily so. Uh, but they like their mu his music. Yeah, you know... They He's more recognized yeah. in Shanghai. You know, we have a documentary about this online. People should check can check it out. It's called ETA to Shanghai. Okay. Uh, 
And Elvis tribute artists, Shanghai. Well, yeah, ETA to Shanghai. It's also yeah. about traveling. You know, the Elvis guy coming to Shanghai. It's a bit of a pun. But yes, yeah. ETA Shanghai, uh, directed by Alicio Avizano, who just got featured in the BBC's directing this new sitcom, uh, this new movies as well. He's, he's become this really successful filmmaker. At the time, he was just starting out in Shanghai, and he directed this film about the the first Shanghai Elvis film uh, festival. But anyway, regardless, uh, yeah, he's Elvis is seen in China more more on the movie side as more much as anything. You know, name is Mao Wang, the Cat King. He's known as the the iconography people know, but not necessarily all of the music. One big difference, of course, with Shanghai compared to Australia and Hong Kong, of course, Tennessee. Tennessee, excuse me, is that, you know, during his lifetime, his music wasn't accessible in mainland China through proper means. So there's not a legacy of Elvis fans necessarily. So we're doing some introducing to, of Elvis to people. It's also an interesting touchstone for uh, expats or international people in Shanghai. And Shanghai's got a great legacy of those sort of mm-hmm. things, including I, I'm not saying I'm great, but I'm, I'm in that category as well. And just young people are interested interested in vintage and cool style. And, you know, he's obviously regardless of anything with Elvis, as I said in my speech on Monday, number one is the music and the music's good. Uh, you know, I, I I've been on RTHK with Uncle Ray, the legend. And he yeah. played Elvis songs. He, yes. Yeah, yes. he loved Elvis. So yes. there you go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I love Elvis too. I, I occasionally yeah. I will play Burning Love. All right. So speaking of music, um, I'm conscious of the time. You've also selected uh, a few tracks for our listeners today. Um, what's next for us? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, I guess... Uh, let's see here. here here's the... Connect- I'm, uh, let, let's... You know, we talked about Tibet. Let's let's play some more obscure stuff too, a little different stuff. So I talked about how it was really connected to Mongolia and a great Mongolian oh, reggae artist. We just had Global Flavors. Oh, that's right. Yesterday with Jocha. That's right. Boom. Yes. Yeah. So good. This is a good follow up. I completely perfect. forgot about that. I even reposted yes. about it. So that's good. You had Jocha Ara, my good brother. I just spoke to him. Uh, Sambano, mini nets. It's all good. So. Someone who's been doing some stuff with Art Gare, his name is Macho. I kind of brought him into the fold for that. He released a song called Uno Bosso, and it's a Mongolian reggae tune. You should guys should check it out. Let's have a listen. Right, we've got uh, a few more minutes before the 12 o'clock news and we are with the one and the only Brian Offenther who joins us live in the studio. We normally talk to you when you are in Shanghai, so it's a real treat that you are here with us in, in Hong Kong. So you've done a number of things. You've been to the Elvis uh, Presley fan club event on Sunday. You were in Tibet. You were in Beijing, Chengdu. Um, there's one more thing that you mentioned. when we were food festival. Up. The food and the tattoo the festival. Tattoo fair, yeah, convention. In Hong Kong, yes. Yeah. Hong, you know, I always talk about all these places that I'm traveling to that are cool, that are interesting. I hope people in Hong Kong appreciate what a great place they have right here. From the musical legacy of people like Joe Jr. and Anders Nelson, who I have hung out with at the Elvis Festival, to so many interesting things happening on the street here. 
That's so lovely to hear because, you know, sometimes, you know, I think after COVID and everybody feels like, oh, it's been a tough environment. But it's so nice to have somebody who's come from out of Hong Kong to, start, to tell us just how amazing, you know, and how many great, interesting events that we have. Yeah, you know, and there's sometimes a sort of negative view of tourists. You know, people sort of look down on that term. I I think tourists are eager and interested and curious, and I I kind of embrace that, even though I'm usually only traveling for DJing and work or art or whatever sort of situations. So much cool stuff. Little expensive nowadays, Hong Kong. Chill out with that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because you used to come to Hong Kong a lot. So, what's more, transport, food? What what sort of expense? The food, food is kind of especially yeah. because the renminbi is very weak right now. Yeah. Combined with that, just things seem very expensive in Hong Kong with food and transport, er, er, everything. So yeah. the ticket prices. Let's yeah. make it cheaper so we can attract. Yeah, please yeah. come on, come on, <laughs> Hong Kong. We'll, we'll be on it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, there was the Elvis event, which I could talk forever about. Then I went the next day to at the convention center. Uh, there was a big food festival, and uh, I had some crocodile meat, which was really interesting. I've had alligator in Florida. Now I've had crocodile in Hong Kong. And uh, uh, it, there was a lot of things I for didn't suppliers. Even know you could have crocodile meat in Hong Kong. There yeah. you go. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, that was really oh, interesting. I suppose you can. Yeah, there's dried crocodile meat in the those seafood things. Yeah, it's there you go. For, it's good for coughs or something. Yeah, I'm sure it's good for something. So, yeah. uh, I had some of that soup. So, so, and I'm going today to Sam the Record Man's Hong Kong Vinyl Museum, which is I'm excited about. And Friday there's a tattoo convention. By the way, I'm not endorsed by any of these yeah. food fest or tattoo things. But I'm just super excited to go to a tattoo convention. You're just a man about town. We've got about 30 seconds for this next song. We'll end uh -huh. the show with Material Girl. Where did you come across this song and what remix is this? This is a new version of the song by Joanne Wong. Joanna Wong, who's based in the United States, and 9M88, who's based in Taiwan. It's a cover of Madonna's Material Girl. You think, I don't really need a new version of a Madonna song. And then you kind of get into it, and then the song keeps going, and it really takes it in a new direction. And I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian. And I really, really look forward to having you back on the program very soon. Um, you might be back in Shanghai the next time we speak to you. Uh, but all the best with the rest of your gigs and all your travels. Thank you so much for your time. Brian Offenther. And now we'll leave you with one last song of today, Joanna Wong, featuring 9M88 with Material Girl. Take care. Bye for now.